0: It's great to Luke, uh, welcome Luke with us this morning, and uh, it was a year ago that Luke came, introduced us to some amazing children through uh, the great work of Compassion UK. We've uh, sponsored a little girl at that point, Pamera. we've exchanged letters and photos and stuff, in fact the last photo she got was of our dog, uh, <laughs> and she sent a photo of her with a chicken actually. Um, So it's brilliant. (laughs) That was the inspiration to me, wanting chickens. Um, So that was Christmas Eve, we got it, and she's a gorgeous little girl. So listen to what Luke's got to share this morning. Be inspired about the great work that they do at Compassion. But let's just take a moment to pray before Luke comes. Father God, we just thank you for this time together, this family time. Lord God, we thank you and declare that you are building your church and Lord, I pray this morning, as we look to you, you would swell our hearts with the compassion that you have for those around us. Lord, we thank you for Luke, for the amazing ministry that is serving you in and through as he goes up and down the country. Lord, it's a, a blessing and a privilege that he's here with us today. So give us attentive hearts and he is to listen to what you've placed in his heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give it up for Luke as he comes to share this morning.
1: Sure. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Morning, everyone. Morning. Okay, I've got a really important question. Because uh, on, on Friday, I popped into the coffee shop to say hello to Andy and, and uh, Penny, and just to grab a, a coffee and do as we all do in work at the moment, lots of video calls and <laughs> things like that. But um, I, I was we were, we were chatting, and um, and I didn't realize I said, "Oh, it's Long Eaton, Derbyshire or Nottinghamshire." Yeah, that's right. yeah. And um, and so obviously, the really important question is: is it Derby County or is it Nottingham Forest? So uh, Derby County. Nottingham Forest. Ooh. I know I've just split the whole church in one, one simple statement. I know, uh, we've got enough problems this church. <laughs> like, let's not add football into it. Oh uh, that's great. Uh, Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Adrian, and Andy and the team here. Um, You know, you said that those those pictures of the elders, I mean, there's one really dodgy photo, isn't there, of Andy on there. I mean, it looks more like a lineup. Right? Uh, well, great. If we don't know a lot about compassion, um, I have put some little leaflets out on a few different chairs and things. So if you're new to the church and it wasn't around last year, then uh, hopefully this morning it'll just inspire you a little bit. Um, and in a bit, I'm going to bring the, God's word as well because I want to challenge us. I want to uh, open up God's word, see what God wants to say about the whole issue of justice, um, about you know, how he would want us to be living our lives out in a way that sees his kingdom established. Because compassion, uh, just a, as a sort of uh, give you a little insight if you don't already know, compassion isn't separate to the local church. It is very much around equipping the local church to do what the local church does best. And I love your tagline as a church, you know, uh, the, the, at the heart of the community or having the heart of the community at the heart of, what is it? at the heart of the community with a heart for the community and that that is beautifully summarizing what we try and do around the world is empower the local church because the local church has a heart for its own local community but sometimes around our world unfortunately they don't have enough resources in order to be able to reach and do what they need to do to bring transformation in their local community. So that's what compassion is really about. It's about enabling, empowering the local church. And we do that through beginning with a child. Because if you begin with a child, you impact a family. If you impact a family, you impact a local community. And that's what you do as a local church so brilliantly here in Long Eaton. You reach out, you equip, you empower, you meet families' needs, and therefore you establish the kingdom of God. So, that in essence is what we do as a as a a charity working with 8,000-plus local churches around the world, supporting now 2.3 million children of their journey of being equipped and empowered to break out of the poverty cycle. So should we see the sort of impact that you're having? So as a local church, you support a number of children, um, and I want to say support or invest in Because, yes, we maybe use a sponsorship model in order as a funding mechanism, but it is very much more than that. It's about investing in a child. It's about empowering a child, empowering a family. So we're going to look at... Those of you who love stats, you're going to love these next couple of slides. Those of you who want the visual stories, we'll come to those in a moment. But as a local church, you're currently, on our database, investing in 22 children, which is just brilliant. So give yourselves a big (laughs) round of applause. Now that is... Through families, through individuals, uh, coming together to go, you know what, I want to invest, I want to journey with a child on their journey of breaking out of poverty. The majority of those are in Rwanda. Uh, We do have over at the coffee shop a young lad from Ethiopia, because you have Ethiopian coffee beans and things like that. So just brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Next slide. Um, so just so you know, in Rwanda you're predominantly focusing on a bit more of a rural project, so if you've never been to Africa or Rwanda, obviously these are, these are very stereotypical, they aren't photos directly from the project, but just to get you an idea, did you know that Rwanda is known as the, uh, the, the nation of a thousand hills? that it's got. I mean, the scenery is stunning in Rwanda. If you ever get a chance to go, please do. Um, But it is absolutely stunning. So it is more of a rural community. So a lot of the homes will be mud, earth and clay uh, with tin corrugated iron roofs. That's the sort of community that you're investing into. Okay. Next slide. I said I wasn't going to say next slide, but I am. So anyway. So the impact that you're making. So Way compassion operates is we try and enable the young children to have access to education, so go into school during the week, but we also bring them all together on a Saturday for a project day. So every Saturday, all the children come in, and this is where we make sure that we give them extra curriculum. So over 5,000 hours for the children at our projects. During COVID, that had to shift a bit. We were more in sort of home, home visits and things, but now we're able to very much gather the children again at the local church, at the local project. We make sure that bellies are full because as we all know, children um, learn better, they're equipped better. They, they, if you got bellies full, So we want to make sure that there's nutritious meals. Also make sure the checkups, medical checkups. So we bring in doctors and things like that to make sure that children have medical checkups. Any, any medical issues are covered. So even if that means flying, I hear stories of flying young children to Germany to have heart operations. You know, it's whatever it takes to make sure that those children are fit and well. And also what's really important for us is that every child as an opportunity to learn more about Jesus. So make sure that Bibles are given out, they get to take them home to their parents and the caregivers and things like that as well. So that's really important. Next slide. So this is financially. So over the last 12 months, you've given 7,500 pounds in order to help children, um, which is brilliant. So please give yourselves a round of applause because this is part of your... This is part of your missional giving as a local church. You know, it might be coming out of individuals or families' bank accounts, but together, it's a huge impact that you're having. And there's 17 people in the church who are extra generous. They've maybe given a birthday gift, a Christmas gift, or something extra, a project gift, to the young uh, person that you're investing in. So thank you so much. And obviously, year on year, it's huge. It's shot up because last year we launched and things like that, which is brilliant. So next, next one. Letters. Now, this is so cool, because you get to, from thousands of miles away, as Andy was saying, just to say to a young person, you're awesome, and you're treasured, and I'm believing for a great future for you. Those words of hope have huge impact, massive impact. If you think about it, thousands of miles away, you're growing up in a poor environment to have someone from the UK, write a letter to say, you know what, you're blessed, you're treasured, come on, you've got this. Let's do this journey together. Because it's not, you're doing it with. Like, we don't work through the local church, we work with the local church. It's in partnership. When you come alongside a child, you're going, let's do this together. I'm not gonna, I can't do it for you, but I can do it with you. Because we want to empower the young person to be able to get over that line that poverty puts in the ground that says you can come this far but no further. Well, with you alongside them, they're able to go, there's no line. Come on, the future is yours to take now. And so this is very much those letters of hope. So children, the children have sent 84 letters to you. 47 have been sent from yourselves. So maybe there's a little bit that you can encourage yourself to do. Maybe go home from this week, um, get the app. The app's brilliant. And maybe just write a letter. Let's see if we can get a few more letters over to the children as well, which would be great. But at least, hopefully, that number means that every child's had at least one letter, which is brilliant. Okay, next one. Next one. Um, so this is the breakdown. A lot of the children are younger because it's a newish project in Rwanda. And so a lot, we start with them younger, and obviously you'll see that age grow as they go through the project, um, which is great. Next slide. And here's some of the faces. Um, So if you are supporting a child um, at the moment, then maybe you can see the face of that child on the screen. Um, If you are supporting a child and you can't see your child on that screen, come and have a chat with me because I might just need to link up. Maybe you supported a child that wasn't from when we launched last year. Maybe you did it at a conference or something like that. But come and have a chat to us. Who, Who can see their child? Yeah, brilliant. So good. Okay, next, next slide. And just wanted to say a huge thank you because you are making a huge, huge difference, um, not just in Rwanda, but also around the world. So thank you so much for your investment. And I know how tough it is because the cost of living, all of those different factors that are affecting us, it is a global thing. Cost of living is going up globally, and I'll share that a little, a little bit about that in a bit. Um, but just, there's a couple of slides I just want to encourage you with. So please download, uh, I think the next slide is about an hour app. If you haven't downloaded this, please do. I think it's great, because you, you know how sometimes, and I do it as well, I forget to write. I'm not brilliant at sitting down, but with the app, if I'm out somewhere, not whilst I'm driving, but you know, if you're out somewhere, sat in a coffee shop, and you just think, oh, I just want to encourage through the app, you can actually write a little note. You can take a selfie and send that off. So have a think about getting the app. There's also prayer pointers, there's all sorts of stuff in there. And then the last one I think is just a couple of prayer points um, because we're going to pray together. Is there one more slide or is it the video? Yeah, just one more slide. So just a couple of things. This is focused particularly, particularly on Rwanda. So pray for endurance and wisdom for our frontline church partners who are caring for their communities. People have been affected by natural disasters. You'll see this in a little video in a little while. Rwanda's been hit um, over the last 12 months or so by mudslides, um, lots of different things that have been taking place over there. And also just God's protection over vulnerable children and families in Rwanda. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your global church. Thank you that we are part of that. You know, there is only one church, and we're a part of that. And so, Lord, we just pray for your global church. And, Lord, we pray for the project workers, the people who are on the ground investing into these young people as they go on their journey of breaking out of the poverty of cycle. Lord, thank you for your protection over them as we hear stories from Rwanda about mudslides and flooding and all sorts of things like that. Um, Lord, we just really pray that you would hold every single one of these beautiful young children so close and protect them and protect the workers and protect the churches as they look to reach out and transform their local communities. So Lord, we just bring them all before you today in your name, amen. Amen. So there's a little video that I've got. It's not directly from the project that you're focusing on Rwanda, but it's a general um, video from Rwanda, one of the young people that we work with over there, just telling you a little bit about what life has been like over the last sort of 12 to 18 months coming out of COVID and things like that. So let's watch this.
2: Hi, my name is Njimana Adariri. Greetings from Rwanda. I am 12 years old and I'm part of the Compassion Program here in Kigali. Did you know that you are known for being a land of thousand years and million beautiful smiles? On behalf of all Compassion children in Rwanda, I wanted to share a bit of the past year. Children here in Rwanda life has been different because of the pandemic. Schools and social gatherings have the opening recently. I missed praying with my friends. We wouldn't even attend church, but this is changing because many people have been vaccinated. During the pandemic, parents lost their jobs, thus, our livelihood was affected. We experienced heavy rainfalls that caused landslides. In different parts of the country and people died. Homes were lost, farms were destroyed and people started living in classrooms as a shelter. In Uganda, compassion continued to find creative ways to support children receive food baskets during lockdowns. Since we are not attending the Saturday program, the radio program known as series started airing on the radio. This program has been helpful, That it keeps us busy during lockdowns. We are so grateful for compassion <coughs> for caring about our livelihood during times. Today churches are a reopening with children attending social gatherings. Compassion has helped us, and now we are okay. Parents have joy. We are living a good life. Compassion has done many things, such as paying for for me, giving me food, materials used to clean, like soap. Our Father in heaven, we are asking you for guidance, like our country, our elders, everyone here in Uganda.
1: And See the difference you're making? It's huge. And it's not, I mean, it says on that video a lot, you know, compassion is doing this, compassion is doing that. It's it's very much not us. It's the local church. It's the local church being empowered to do what it does best and to love people and um, journey with people. Should we open up the word of God just for a few moments? Um, If you've got your Bible, whatever the form that takes, whether it's um, a paper one, Anyone got a paper Bible this morning? Yeah. A few people. There's a couple of hands that went to them. I got a paper one. Anyone got a digital Bible this morning? Yeah. Okay. Whatever form it takes, uh, just uh, open up to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we're going to be reading from verse 13 in a little bit. Um, this morning, I, I, I've titled my message Light Bearer. Um, I I loved a couple of the the songs that we sang this morning. Tremble is one of my favorites. I I used to lead a church up in um, North Wales, and uh, I was a worship leader up there, and and, uh, we sang Tremble. And I just love that line, you know, the darkness um, trembles when Jesus is, you know, light. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. You know, there's something about light Something powerful about light, and we know Jesus is the light of the world, um, but there's something about that there's a responsibility for us to let our light shine. And I want us to look at that this morning. What does it, what does it mean? How do we let our light shine? I, I don't anyone here like dark nights? No, I, I can't wait for. I mean, it's gradually, isn't it? Week in, week out now. The the evenings are getting a little bit longer. I I love playing golf. And um, on a Friday, myself and a few uh, blokes, um, it's not just exclusive to blokes. Women are also invited, but it tends to be just a bunch of blokes. On a a Friday afternoon, we go and hit a golf ball. And it's really annoying this time of the year because you have to tee off so early um, just to be able to try and catch enough light. There's not much fun about dark evenings, but what I do like about dark evenings, and especially over the Christmas and New Year's periods when everyone's got their lights up, there's just something beautiful about it, isn't there? You know, those lights shining in the darkness. And now, obviously, it's end of January, and all the lights have been put away, and it's like, oh, oh. but I love it. You know, darkness doesn't actually have any power of its own. Darkness doesn't have any power of its own. Darkness only exists when there is no light. You know, at the moment you switch on a light, the darkness retreats. You know, if we turned off all the lights in this room and there was darkness, all you'd have to have is one light and it would permeate into all the different corners of this room. It might be a little dim because it might not, you know, if it's just a match or something, but it makes it. And there's something powerful about light, and we've got a responsibility to let our light shine in the world. Um, I've, I've, <laughs> recently, we've got these uh, just a, a little story on light. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to me, but you know you might not find it fun. But the, recently, we um, in our in our home. Obviously, the cost of living and everything. I, I started to get really frustrated about our boys leaving the lights on in the house. Yeah. You know, because if they left the lights on, then I'd be watching our little monitor. I'm obsessive about it. You know, you watch the little monitor to see how many pence is being spent throughout the day, or you know, you click the button. How much are we spent today? You know, watching those those energy bills and things. Anyone else like that? <laughs> you know, watching those little monitors. And um, after Christmas, obviously, with the New Year's sales. I saw these Alexa-enabled light bulbs. I was like, whoa, these are incredible. So if you have an Alexa or one of those devices in your home that listens in and tells all the marketers what you want to buy, <laughs> you know, it's all about a marketing thing. But you know, And you can tell, tell these lights to turn on and off. Just by speaking in Alexa, turn off bedroom light, you know, and then the lights go off. And I thought, this is genius. This is absolute genius because now I can control the lights in our home. Other than my boys found out that if I'm on a Zoom call in an evening, they can talk to the Alexa light in my office and turn it off. So I'd be on a Zoom call and all the light would just go off because they thought it would be hilarious to say, turn off office light. <laughs> and then they found that you could change the, light, the color of these lights. So I'm on a Zoom call, red light, green light, blue light. My boys thought it was hilarious. Anyway, that has nothing to do with uh, what I'm saying this morning other than it's a light thing. So John chapter 8 verse 12 says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am what? The light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is that light. You know, you want to know how to make the darkness tremble? Draw close to Jesus. No, you, you can make the darkness tremble in your world but you've got to start with Jesus, because he is the light of the world. And then, though, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, this is after the brilliant passage where Jesus sets out a whole different understanding of what the law is. You know, he does this incredible passage called the Beatitudes. You know, and he's he's saying, you know, I'm not come to fulfill the law, but to add to it, or to take away the law, but to bring a new understanding of what the kingdom of God is about. And then he goes on to say this in verse 13, in the same way, let your light shine before others. He said this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds. Good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The message translation puts it like this, and I love the message translation every now and again, just to kind of bring a little bit more um, color in a way, um, an expansiveness to the scriptures. It says this here's another way to put it You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. What a beautiful passage. You know, we're, we're called to bring out the God colors in the world, to point people to God, to let your light shine, to bring about the kingdom and see it established. The interesting thing, though, and this is what I tend to do when I read these passages, is I'm like, God, what is it? You know, take me a little bit deeper. And I, I really felt God bring me to this. It, it, it says this, in, your, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father into heaven. And my question then is, well, what are these good deeds? If God, if Jesus, you know, you're calling me to be light to the world and I show this light By doing these good deeds in order to point people to to my Father in heaven, to God in heaven. What are these good deeds? You know, because I want to let my light shine. I want it to shine brightly. But what are the good deeds that enable people to see my light? Is that a good question to ask? Because, God, I want to be light. I want to be light in my my street on full staff court where I live. You know, I want to be light there. I want to be light in my workplace. I want to be light in my college, in my university, or wherever you are. You, you, we're called to be light, but therefore, what are these good deeds that let my light shine, that people recognize there's something different about me? Well, the great thing is, is God's told us. He's told us what these good deeds are. And in fact, we're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament in order to be able to see what these good deeds are. Micah. Chapter 6 and verse 8. It says this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What are these good deeds? He's shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's how we let our light shine. In the International Children's Bible, it says this. The Lord has told you what is good. He has told you what he wants from you. Do what is right to other people. Love being kind to others and live humbly trusting your God. The message translation, but he's made it plain how to live, what to do. What God is looking for in men and women is quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself... Too seriously take God seriously. That's how we let our light shine. That's how we put ourselves on the top of a hill with Jesus inside of us, and that's what he did. You know, Jesus was all over this. If you observe his life and how he lived and what he did and how he engaged with people, you can see these three things just flowing out of him day in, day out. That's how we are meant to let our light shine. And so for the next 10 minutes. We're going to look really quickly at these three points and just pull out a couple of things. What does it mean to act justly? What does it mean to do what is right to other people? You know, the Bible has justice that's central to it justice is mentioned over 400 times in the bible you can see it out working in jesus's manifesto from luke chapter 4 you know i've come to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives to proclaim the year of the lord's favor you know it's right at the central heart of jesus and and god the father you know there's matthew 12 verse 18 here is my servant Whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. It's this whole thing about doing what is right to others. Doing what is right to others. Uh, Or you could maybe distill it down, because I I obviously had a look at the dictionary definition to go, okay, well, what what is justice? How do they actually... Talk, what, what, what do I need to know about what is justice? And in essence, it's the quality of being impartial or fair. So you know when you go through your life or this week and you are watching the TV or you're seeing the news and you go, that's not fair. That in essence is justice. It's when you go... That's not fair. When you see your neighbor choosing to heat their home or buy food for their kids, that's not fair. That means we then have a responsibility to bring the light into that situation. If it's a central heart matter for God, if it's a central matter for Jesus it should be central for us as well. That when we hear about, um, so for instance, I mean obviously I'm in in this world, so I I hear a lot of these sort of stats. But when I hear of countries like, I think it's Togo, um, but countries like Togo where uh, people are spending 80% of their annual income on food, that doesn't leave a lot of margin. When for us, we're maybe spending 10 to 12% of our annual income on food. So all of a sudden, if the price of food goes up, they starve. People starve. That's not fair. That's not right. There are issues going on in this community, in this area, that you go, that's not fair. Then maybe God's calling us to do something about it. Now, we can't do everything. Please hear me. I'm not saying that you can do everything. But I think for each of us, there's a moment when God just prompts our heart a little bit and something like a holy discontent rises up within you and you go, hmm, I think God maybe is calling me to do something about that. Act on it. Let's, Let's live our lives where we let our light shine you know there's 50 million people that are being pushed towards starvation in our world because of the cost of living and the inflation prices rising that's not fair that's not right that's the heart of god and that's how we let our light shine when we get involved in issues of justice next thing because we haven't got long but what does it mean to love mercy what does it mean to love being kind to others? You know, I, I love um, hearing stories of local church and, and around our world we work with over 8,000 local churches and I love hearing stories of them just being kind to people. You know, I, I remember hearing a story of a, of a mum and a da- their daughter was part of one of our uh, child development programs and she came back one day, this is the mum, to a new lock on her shack that she rents in a slum. And the slum owner had just turfed her out because she hadn't paid her rent. That's not fair, that's not right. And so fortunately, obviously the daughter was part of one of our child development programs, part of the local church, and the local church just said, that's not fair, that's not right, how can we be kind? And so then they raised enough money through the local community to pay for her rent so that they had a place to stay. No, it's just simple acts of kindness. Why, why do we sometimes overcomplicate kindness? You know, it's as simple as when you notice one of your neighbors, um, you know, maybe struggling a little bit or you just pick up something. It's, it's the simple act of kindness of saying, hey, why don't you once a week just come around and I'll cook food? You can come and eat at, at our place. Just simple acts of kindness. Let your light shine. Just Think about ways in which you can be kind to others. In Colossians chapter three, verse 12, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and peace. Which neighbor just needs a little note through their door saying, hey, I just want you to know I'm here for you. If you ever need a coffee, my, my home is open. Now, what would it look like if, 200 people in this room everyone opened up their home a little bit more what sort of transformation could that bring sometimes I think we look for an institution or a program to be put on but what does it mean for you to be kind and outwork that kindness and let your light shine last thing is this walk humbly what does it mean to walk humbly what does it mean to trust God trust your God the Hebrew word used for humble here is the word hatznea. And hatznea, and I, if, you're a, if you're a Hebrew scholar, or I, I apologize if I have totally mispronounced that because I am not that at all, but it looks like H-A-T-Z-N-E-A. So I've gone hatznea. Yeah, it looks about right. But the word here is hatsnea. What does that actually mean? Because sometimes, you know, when you read the scriptures, the, the original words bring so much more depth to something. You know, and actually the message translation uh, translates this quite well. It's this whole thing of not taking yourself too seriously or focusing on your own capabilities, but actually leaning into God to direct your life. And God and his power and his... Um, authority you know Micah here is directing his writing towards the people of God and saying hey you're relying too much on your own stability you know your own ability and it's like an apathetic religion because you're saying you trust God but do you actually demonstrate that in the way that you live your life and it's this whole thing and I just wonder whether if we were to distill this whole thing down of Hatzne'ah what would it look like? You know, if we're thinking about how do we let our light shine, and so how do we, how do, we do something tangible with this whole thing of humility and being humble? You know, what, what does that look like in, in the way that people look at us and go, okay, I can see their light shining in this. What would it look like if we had a church of 200 plus people here? that demonstrated a non-anxious presence in the world. You know when, when everything is pressing in, when you're getting a bit worried about the next utility bill, when you're getting a bit worried about actually please, please let there not be a repair to my car because the, 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 you know, the, the savings have dried up. What, would it, what does it look like for your neighbors and your work colleagues, that when they're stressing and worrying about it all, it's not to take away or belittle the realities, but it's to be able to be and think about where you place your foundation. You know, that actually, if my foundation is in God, I can be that non-anxious presence. That it doesn't take away the realities, but I know where I'm anchored. And I know that my God is big and powerful and strong and that he has a plan and a purpose to, you know, and he, he's, I'm in his arms. I mean, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why am I being anxious about this? Maybe if we were to be a non-anxious presence to that world, that would shine a light upon our God that when my neighbors see me not worrying, that actually they go, how? How are you not worrying about this? How, how are you, you know, still got a sense of joy and peace in your world? It's because I trust God. I trust him. So what would that, I think that's a great way of us being able to let our light shine. That when my neighbors come around, and we've started to do this thing, Friends Round Friday. Because, um, and the last thing you want, to be honest, on a Friday after work and a whole week is people around your house. is not it? Isn't it? <laughs> And and I think my neighbours sometimes go, does Luke actually want us here? You know, but friends round Friday. But when they come round and we open up, I'm sorry if you're teetotal, but we tend to open up a bottle of wine and just chat with our neighbours. You know that they're picking up. Okay, why are Luke and Kaz not worried? Why are they able to have a non-anxious presence? It's because we trust our God. You know what would that look like for you? And so right at the end. You know, and I'm going to, obviously, I, I think there's ways in which you can work this out here, now, in Long Eaton, in, in your street. You know, what, you know, when we think about these things, you know, what things in your world are you going, that's not fair? What things, which people, which neighbors do you need to just be kind? What does it look like to be kind to them? But also, what does it look like to be a non-anxious presence? Yes, there's ways in which you can work that out here and now. But I also have a heart for the global church. And I want to be able to see the, the global church be able to have the resources that it needs to be able to reach its local communities. And so maybe for you this morning, we're going to watch a video in a second. What would it look like for you to let your light shine but on a global level? You know what would it look like for you to be kind to someone thousands of miles away? What would it look like for you to be kind, or for you to have a non-anxious presence in the world of a child who's dealing with extreme poverty, that you're able to come alongside and go, "Don't worry, we trust God. God's got this." You know what would that look like? That's what this short. Watch this short video. It's about a lady called Yanelli, and Yanelli's gone on a journey of being released from extreme poverty and see how many times you see just that inkling that someone thousands of miles away just let their light shine and the impact that that can have as someone's going on their journey of being released from extreme poverty. Thank you.
3: The day my mother found out she was pregnant, my father told her to end the pregnancy, or he would leave her. She chose me. He was gone before I took my first breath. As a single, uneducated woman in Via Flores, Mama struggled every day to provide for us. As a girl, I would dream. Would I ever become someone? The voices of my neighborhood said, you are just a girl. You are poor. There's no reason to dream. You'll never become anything. I needed something or someone to change my future. <laughs> One day, I shared my dream with my sponsor. reply was simple. Yanely, I love you. And I believe in you. Sometimes you can't believe in a dream until someone believes in it with you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God gave me this dream, and He made me for a purpose. My name is Yaneli Suero, doctor, wife, mother, and a precious daughter of God.
1: Someone thousands of miles away, let their light shine into Yaneli's life. And the impact of that is huge. And so, Andy, can I just have um, a couple of, so we've got Aline, Salomon, Rebecca, and others that are looking for someone thousands of miles away to go, I'm going to let my light shine into your world and bring about that shift that that line that poverty says this far and no further i'm going to be a part of helping you get over that line and together with you we're going to see your life and those hopes and dreams come alive let's pray lord god thank you so much for aline salomon rebecca these precious children of god And every other child that we have here this morning. And thank you for all the children who are already being supported through this incredible local church. But Lord, I pray that this morning as we intentionally have thought about this whole thing of letting our light shine. And how it outworks in acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly. Lord, I pray that you would show us this morning a practical way of us being able to do that this coming week. Maybe it is to invest into the life of a child, but maybe there's other ways as well. But Lord, I just pray that you would put on our heart now the um, outworking or the act that you want us to take from hearing your word this morning. So Lord, thank you so much for these amazing children in your name. Amen. So maybe this morning, and I, uh, you know, we've, we hopefully are not shy of putting our hand up. Because you know you were quite happy to put your hand up when it came to Derby County or, or Nottingham Forest, you know that, that that was pretty easy. I know this is a, is a tougher ask, but I, I believe there's something powerful about when we take an action and say yes, God, I'm considering this. You know, so we've got some children here. If you are considering supporting a child this morning, would you just raise your hand? Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Can we get some of these children out into these hands thank you so much that's absolutely brilliant um here we go I've got Rebecca or Salomon either I'm going to give you Salomon he looks cool (laughs) no so if you are considering pop your hand up and then we'll get a child into your hand and then all I'd ask you to do are we finishing with worship Adrian or we finish are we just wrapping up We're going to finish now. Okay, so whilst you grab your tea and coffee, just have a think about filling that form in and then coming and seeing me at the table. If you haven't put your hand up, that's absolutely fine. Come and have a chat with me at the table as well if you're interested. Thank you so much, Adrian.
0: Yeah, please have a chat with Luke. Uh, there's a table at the back there with more information. We'd love you to do that. Don't feel that you have to rush away. We're going to serve tea and coffee as well. You might like to consider some of these things, the things that you're considering you want to think about. And that's fine too. Don't, don't rush away. God bless you. Let's embrace uh, justice, mercy, and humility in the course of our walk and our lives. God bless you. Thanks so much, Luke. Yeah, thank you for today. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Thank you.